You're listening to Points Talk with the Travel Mom Squad, previously known as the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Follow the links in the show notes to stay up to date with what the Travel Mom Squad has been up to. On today's episode of the Travel Hacking Mom Show, we're answering your questions. How often do we open cards? Which cards have we opened so far this year? What's it like having a travel hacking business? We answer all of these questions and more. Welcome to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. We are three moms who've discovered how to leverage credit card welcome offers to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel expenses for nearly free. We've used credit card points and miles to take vacations to places like Hawaii, Paris, Greece, the Maldives, Italy, and so much more. And the best part? We each still have an 800 plus credit score. Imagine being able to book a vacation without having to check your bank account. It's totally possible and we're here to show you how. Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Pam, Alex's mom. And I'm Jess. We are Travel Hacking Moms. So for today's episode, we decided that we would put you in the driver's seat. We put up a question box in our Instagram stories and asked you to submit your questions. We got hundreds of submissions. So while we won't be able to answer all of them, I did choose quite a few for us to cover today. So let's get to it. Question one. Do you typically keep all of your cards open and just stop using them once you hit a minimum spend? So Pam, tell us, tell us what you do, Pam. We definitely don't stop using them or, well, we, we may stop using them once we hit a minimum spend, but we never close them once we hit a minimum spend. And I think that's a huge um, thing to, to recognize. I get a lot of people saying, hey, I I think I'm going to close my card because I um, reached my minimum spend. That's a huge no-no, especially with American Express. They will actually claw back or take back your points that you've earned if you do that. So we always keep every card open for at least a year, and then we decide what to do. We have a post that's called, um, should I cancel a credit card? And our three options are to keep the card open because the benefits are worth the annual fee that we pay. We like to downgrade if we don't want to keep it, downgrade it to a no annual fee uh, card. That works really well. And our last resort is to cancel the card because it just doesn't work for us any longer. And I'd probably say, I know for me, I probably don't cancel more than one or two cards a year. So I'm not canceling a lot of them. What about you guys? Yeah, I agree. And the other thing is, like, I think right now, I don't know how many cards I have open, like over 30 probably, but I don't carry 30 cards around in my wallet, obviously. So there are certain cards I have that I, you know, use for everyday spending. But if I, once I finish hitting a minimum spend on a card, I usually just put it in my sock drawer and I don't continue spending on that card. So that's just what I do. I have my daily drivers and those are the ones I use. And the other ones kind of just like get used a lot at the beginning and then set off to the side. Yep. I'm the exact same way. And then some of those that I just put away in the sock drawer, maybe I'll get them out periodically. Like if I'm, you know, going to a Hyatt hotel, I'm going to take out my Hyatt card and bring bring it with me. If I'm going on a Southwest flight, I'll bring my business card. So if I want to like buy internet on the flight, I get that for free. Or if you want to like make any purchases on flight, I will get 25% off of that having my the right Southwest card. So those other cards, I just kind of get them out when necessary. But most of those co-branded cards are not really getting out of my wallet very much or getting in my wallet, I should say. They're staying in a sock drawer. 
I think the exception to that is if you are into American Express membership rewards, because if you don't use their cards periodically, you can get in Amex pop-up jail. I know Alex and Jessa both experienced that, and it's not fun. So what happens is you go to apply for American Express card, and a little pop-up comes up, and it says you can continue applying, but you're not going to get the minimum, the bonus points if you get approved for this card. And basically, it's be most of the time it's because two reasons: one, you've already had the card before, and you've forgotten that you had it before, and it, um, it you haven't reached the lifetime rule or seven years, whatever, or whatever they usually count. But sometimes it's just because you have not used the Amex cards they've already given you. And they're just not going to give you any more until you use them. I know, Alex, you, that's happened to you. What did you do to get out of pop-up jail? You know what? I think that their algorithm is terrible. Because <laughs> I know people who are like, I've only had one Amex card and they're not letting me get one. And so they're just like very, very particular. And sometimes you don't even know what the reason is. I tried spending on a card. It didn't help. Some, And I, I think it's just all a big mystery. Like I've Googled it plenty of times. And sometimes people say I spent money on my card and I was able to get out. Other people say I spent a lot of money and I didn't get out. I think for some people like myself, it was just time. I waited a while and I just tried again and I was able to get approved for an American Express card. And the one I applied for was the American Express Gold card. So now my plan is that's a card that I keep in my wallet. I always use that card if I'm grocery shopping or eating out because it gets four times the points. And so by me consistently using that card, I think it'll keep me from getting back in pop-up jail. So I think that's a key thing. Um, another thing I just wanted to say about that is sometimes you can go and apply for a card. This happened to me. I was trying to apply for an offer on the American Express Business Platinum, and it was like a, a targeted offer, a referral offer. I think it was actually Jess's husband's referral offer. And I went to apply, and it came up with pop-up, but I had just recently gotten out, and I was like, what in the world? I can't be back in this. And so I actually had gotten an email or a letter in the mail from American Express, a targeted offer for myself, and I for the exact same card, it was just like 20,000 points less, which stinks, but it was still better than the public offer. So I applied for that one and I got approved. Like I applied for it like 20 minutes later. So sometimes what will happen with pop-up jail is you can get um, you can get the pop-up to come up and it might not mean you're in pop-up jail for all Amex cards. It just might mean we're not letting you have this offer. Um, but maybe if you applied for a different offer or a different card, you might be able to get that one. So it's just really confusing because I've also heard people say, oh, if you're in pop-up jail and you keep trying, they're going to keep having the pop-up come up. Like you need to wait between them. And it's a whole big mystery and no one, I don't think anyone knows exactly what they're doing. It's a guessing game and you can call American Express and they're like the people, their representatives can't tell you anything either. So American Express is just weird. But once you get their cards, use them. And try to stay out of it. So that was probably more than anybody was asking for about pop-up jail, but that wasn't even the question. But I know people have asked about that and people experience it. So there you go. If you're wondering about that. All right. Question two. After Hyatt, which is next in line of preference, Hilton or Marriott? I'm going to say neither. 
Um, IHG is actually my next favorite brand after Hyatt. I like their credit card. I like their properties. Um, I like Kempton's a lot. I like Intercontinentals a lot. They're everywhere. So it's easy to find an IHG pretty much no matter where you're traveling. And I like their credit card perks of getting the fourth night free on awards days. So I am going to go with IHG. What about y'all? I would say that in the past, it's always been Merit. Well, Merit used to be my go-to until they got rid of their award chart anyway. And I still have Platinum Elite status with them because I have a couple of their cards. And I just always, I always get that. Um, I think their Bonvoy Brilliant now comes with Platinum Elite status. And I have that card. So Marriott, but I really like IHG. And after we just got through staying at the uh, Kimpton in the in Grand Cayman, the Kimpton Seafire, and I stayed at several Kimptons in when we were on our Australia trip and New Zealand trip. I'm like, I really, really like Kimptons. I've stayed at IHGs in Asia where I've gotten incredible upgrades. So yeah, I think... I'm going to be Team IHG next. Yeah, I would be the same. For me, Marriott is just like what I knew before, but they just keep getting like devaluing their program again and again. And so it's hard to stay loyal when they don't really value their lo- their loyalty. <laughs> um, So I, I would probably, I don't have as much experience with IHG, but what I've had, I've really, really enjoyed. So I would say it's either Marriott or IHG. Sorry, Hilton, you're out. Sorry. Sorry, Hilton. No one likes you. Okay. So question three, how often do you open new cards? I know 90 days is recommended. So I'm going to answer this. And I think you're both going to agree with me that none of us actually wait 90 days to open a new card. We do typically recommend at least 30 days in between cards, but none of us wait 90 days. I would probably say I'm closer to like 45 to 60 days average. What about y'all? Yeah, I would totally agree. Agreed. All right. Three for three. Question four. What are the most common mistakes you see beginners make? Alex, what do you think? Okay. So I I didn't read any of these questions beforehand. So this is all on the fly. If I thought about this, maybe I'd have a different answer. But the first thing that came to my mind is I think beginners assume that booking in the portals are going to be the way to how you use your points. You just I get Chase Ultimate Rewards. I go redeem them in the Chase Ultimate Rewards portal. It's really easy. I do my flights. Good to go. And that's definitely not a bad way to use your points. But I feel like people sometimes just don't realize the full potential that their points have. And realizing that if I just do one extra step and maybe look at these flights on a different website, like on United, for example, or if I look at this hotel on the Hyatt website, Instead of booking it through the portal, your points can go so much further. So I would say that's one of the more common mistakes that I see. And, and it's a hard thing to say because it's not even a mistake. It's just you just want to look at both places before you just decide to go use the portal. So that way your points are going further. My um, answer would be a little different. My answer is that the biggest mistake I see beginners make is thinking that if you you open one card, and you use that card forever and ever, and that is travel hacking, and that's going to get you on lots of trips. That is really a slow burn. Um, opening up that one card, you're going to get a trip probably that first year, but you just can't get enough points. You can't spend enough on your normal everyday expenses that you're going to keep getting 
trips out of that. So the way that we do it and the way that we encourage people is it's through those sign-up bonuses where you get the most points, not in what you earn. I hardly ever am even worried about my spending categories because I'm almost always trying to earn minimum spend on a card. Because like we said in the previous, one of the previous questions, we're opening up new cards, say, every 45 to 60 days. There isn't a time, hardly at all, that we're not trying to meet minimum spend. And that is why we have tons and tons of points and can travel as often as we um, travel. And so that, to me, is the most common beginner travel hacking misconception is I'm going to get a card and put all my spend on that. All right. I have a different answer than both of you. So this is fun because we all have what we think. So my most common mistake I see beginners make is having no strategy with their cards and just seeing a high offer and opening a card and not knowing the really important rules like the Chase 524 rule. They see a Hilton card with 100,000 points and they're like, oh, that's 100,000 points. I'm going to open that card with no strategy for how they're going to use that card, how that's going to affect what cards they can open in the future. That's why, got to plug our course, we love Award Travel Academy, and it is a course that we wish we had when we first started, because with that course, you get personalized credit card strategy feedback based on your travel goals. There are so many people who message us and say, I didn't know the rules. I opened these five cards, and now I'm locked out of Chase cards for two years. You know, and so they are really, really limiting the cards and the points and the vacations that they can take by doing that. So with our help, you can get our input on your strategy before you start opening cards. And that can really save you thousands of dollars on your vacations for years to come. All right. Question five. How do you split business responsibilities within Travel Hacking Mom? So just as mostly, or maybe we'll each just share what we do. That probably makes more sense. So I do most of the Instagram stuff I post. I mean, Jess definitely helps me a lot with that. But I do most of the reels and um, most of the posts, like a carousel post and things like that. We split up the DMs pretty much 50-50. And then I also do a lot of like the podcast stuff. So, you know, we we all, it's kind of tricky because a lot of the stuff we split up. But if I'm working with the podcast editor or uploading our podcast um, to our editor, that's stuff that I do. What else do I do? You do TikTok. Oh, yeah. I do TikTok, too. You do. And we do most of the you do most of the administrative stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the administrative, like communicating with people like if you email us from the travel hacking mom website through that contact form then 90 per 97 percent of the time you're talking to me now every now and then i'll forward them to my mom if i have too many to answer and she'll help me out answering those but yeah then and yeah if you're if you dm us on instagram you're either talking to jess or i so you're if you're and then if you do a i think that's the interesting thing i think a lot of people are like i don't know who i'm talking to and I think people, like, I know for myself, when I've DM'd accounts like ours where there's multiple people, and I'm always like, I wonder who I'm talking to, or I wonder who posted this. Here's the tip. Alex spells yep, Y-U-P, and I spell yep, Y-E-P. So if there's an E, then it's Jeff, and if there's a U, then it's Alex. Which, which here's the thing, you know, you know that I'm just spelling it wrong because Jess is like, 
was a law editor. And so she knows how to spell better than I do. Pam, what? tell us about your duties. So I write probably 98% of the posts. Um, I try to get um, the others to write posts here and there when they've been on trips, because obviously I can't write about their trip reports. But I'm usually on trips with Alex, so she doesn't have to write too many of them. But Jess is really good about writing um, reports. We also and this is for the blog. This is for the blog that we're talking. This for the blog, yes. We also have a reader success story. So when those are sent in to me, I have to edit and do those. So that is pretty much me running the website. I do run the Facebook group. So if you're in our Facebook group, I'm running that and moderating it. I'll tell you if you really would like to get answers to some of your questions that maybe we don't can't answer. Our Facebook group is amazing. The people there, we just got a someone who said, this is the nicest Facebook group I've ever been involved in. And that was, made our, our hearts feel really good because people are really kind. And I, I do see that on some other Facebook groups, if you ask a beginner question, I've had people be pretty nasty, you know, or seen people be pretty nasty about it. And so kudos to all of you that belong to our Facebook group. And we highly encourage you to join that and be able to um, get some answers from other people than just just Alex and Pam. I also send out the weekly newsletter that um, you get. And if you don't get it, you are missing out because we have the latest and greatest news. We have information that you won't get anywhere else about things that are coming down the pipe, um, list of the blog posts that we've done for the week. And uh, you can link to our podcast on that. So you're missing out if you're not getting it. And lastly, I do, if you ask for a credit card consult, which card should I get next? Through the website, you're going to get an answer from me. And if you book a Zoom consult, you're probably going to get me there too. Pam, Pam does a lot. Do you know what? I was sitting here thinking about it when the question was asked, I'm like, Okay, I didn't feel like I said very much, but I feel like I'm like, here's the thing. People don't see like all the behind the scenes that we do. And like we spend hours and hours and hours and it feels like a full, like it feels like a full-time job. It doesn't feel like, oh, we're just work from home moms that do this part-time. Like we spend, I mean, like right now we're on this podcast and it's Saturday, it's a Saturday afternoon and I'm like, because we kind of have to squeeze this in based on our travel schedules. And so I'm like, I'm sorry to my husband, but I got to go record and you're going to have to keep the kids out of my hair for like a couple hours while we get a bunch, like we got to record a few episodes because my mom's headed on a trip and then Jess is headed on a trip. And so it's, we, we work a ton. It doesn't all magically just happen, I guess I want to say. So Jess, tell us the magic that is Jess. Jess is our FOMO queen. She's also our Hyatt queen. I am the FOMO queen. So a lot of the marketing is me. A lot of our, a lot of, most emails that aren't the Friday newsletter are me. A lot of stories are me on Instagram. Yeah. If it's a story and it's like, she's, I would say like 80, 75% of the stories, if it's like, you know, promoting the course, then it's probably Jess. I'll do a little bit of it, but She's better at it all. I'm the sales. I'm the sales gal. I also am pretty involved in the course in Award Travel Academy and 
in we also have a private Facebook group for Award Travel Academy students where Alex, Pam, and I offer a little bit more one-on-one support than we're able to offer in our public Facebook group. And so I run the private Facebook group. I am the caption editor extraordinaire. In the, in my previous life, I was a legal editor for a legal publishing company. And so editing is sort of my jam. So I write a lot of captions or edit captions that Alex writes. And I think that's it. Yeah, she has to edit because I say, yup. And she says, yet. Can I just say one thing? It's really easy for me to brag on our course because I had nothing to do with it. And Jeff did a incredible job on the course. And I wish when I started travel hacking that that course had been available because it is something I'm really proud that we can offer to everyone. Because if you really want to get into travel hacking, and you want to do it right, you want to do it from step one to booking aware travel, you need to have the course. And that's one of the reasons we brought Jess on board. And she's also super, super creative. She just fills out some things that Alex and I didn't have a talent for. And it's been a perfect match. Yeah, it's basically comes down to we all have our strengths in different areas. And so it actually works out really well because we sort of all do what we're best at and then we're able to work really well that way. And we think very similarly, I think is what works good too. Like there'll be times where we'll be texting and Jess and I will literally text the same thing, but like right out, like at the same time, we're like, we'll like do the twins emoji. Cause like, how did we say, we just said like the exact same thing. And then obviously my mom and I are a lot alike, like I am very similar to my mom. So it just works really well because we think similarly. We have the same travel hacking style and philosophies. And so I think the partnership works really great. And that was one of Pam's best ideas yet was adding Jess to the team. Yeah, it's been a really good collaboration. So if you ever worry or think there's any friction or anything, just don't worry. We We work really well together and it's been a superb collaboration. All right. Question six. What is a realistic time frame for taking your first nearly free vacation? I'm going to say this really depends on where you want to go, but we have students, we have Award Travel Academy students who are taking a free vacation literally within months, um, just a matter of months. So I mean, if you're trying to plan like an around the world trip, yeah, that's going to take a little bit longer to save up your points and miles for. But we have people going to Mexico, the Caribbean, Hawaii, New York City. I mean, domestic trips, especially, I think a few months is realistic. What do y'all think? I totally agree with that. So Alex, you've talked before about the your first trip was to um, Kauai, wasn't it, with Mitch? Yeah, it was. It was the Grand Hyatt Quay. Yeah. And how long did it take you to earn? You you earned, a, you got uh, sign-up bonuses for a couple cards for that trip? Yeah. And, you know, I think it was about, I, I mean, we had the points we could have gone sooner, but, you know, we have certain times where we, time of year we wanted to go um, and just scheduling. I think I want to say it was about nine to 10 months after we started travel hacking that we were physically on the trip. So... 
you know, that I don't think that's very long, especially when you factor in, like, you should actually probably be booking that resort about nine to 10 months in advance if you can. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with what Jess said. I mean, you could be doing it in six months or so. It just depends on, like, what your spending, normal spending habits are, too, like how much money you have to spend. All right. Question seven. Do you ever take trips that are strictly vacation and not work for Travel Hacking Mom? I have not. I was going to say, uh, no. I back from Cabo and I went with my I went with my sister and my cousin and it really wasn't for Travel Hacking Mom. Well, I take it back because I did use points to stay at the Cape. But I mean, but you're not like your your trip wasn't like I'm gonna go and I'm gonna create content and write like do all of this stuff though, right? Like right. Like, but I think that sometimes it just turns out because we're using points and miles so much, even a normal trip turns into a little bit of work content. Or maybe and the other thing is too is it's like maybe like for me if I'm going on a trip I'm using points and miles like. We're not one of those people who were like, oh, we have all the money in the world, so we're just going to pay cash for these things to earn points. It's like, no, we're actually using points for our stays. Like, we're not paying for our travel 90%. I mean, we might buy some flights here and there, you know, especially if they're cheap, but we're fl- we're traveling on points. And so if I'm going to be traveling on points, I'm going to want to show show all of you how I did that because I think it's helpful to see how other people are doing it to help like give ideas. I know for myself, sometimes the hardest thing about traveling is where are we going to go? And so if we can help you be like, oh, this was a really cool place. This looks awesome. I'd love to take my family there. I want to share about it. And I don't want it to sound like all of these trips are work because we still really do enjoy them. Like I make time on my trip like this. We just got back from Hawaii recently and I made reels before I left for the trip that I could be able to post while I, while I was gone so I wouldn't have to be in Hawaii missing out on time with my family. Or I posted, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to take the day off from posting stories today. And I'm just going to enjoy the day. And that's why maybe I'll be home for my trip for a few days and you're just then seeing me post the stories because I want to enjoy it while I'm there. But we do definitely have to work on our trips. Like, I'm answering DMs every night before bed usually. And we're, I'm, you know, there is a stress level like, oh, I've got to get the shot, like some pictures and I got to get some good videos of the resort. And I want to make sure people like are able to kind of get an idea of what this property is like. So I would say that there I haven't taken a trip in years that was not some sort of aspect was going to be attached to Travel Hacking Mom. I will say this, and I think you're either going to agree with me or you're going to be like, she's off her rocker. I've never thought about it this way. But The work for us is the travel. And so for me, when I left my nine to five job, it was sort of like when we are on vacation, that is like the most important time for us to work because that's what our business is about. If we traveled and didn't create content, then our account would probably be way more boring than. But the trade off with that is that when we are home, we have so much more flexibility in our schedules. And so. Like, yes, we're working more on vacation than people do who don't create content about travel. But when we're home, don't get me wrong, we're still working throughout the day while we're home. But it's not 
set hours. You know, like I have so much more flexibility to be able to do what I want to do with my day when I'm home. And so for me, it's worth that trade-off of like, yeah, maybe I'm working more than the average person. But also, even when, even before I started travel hacking, I was taking pictures and videos on vacation. I think most people take pictures and videos when they're on vacation. I wasn't taking like room tour videos, you know, but but people just take pictures and videos on vacation, whether they're creating content or not. So I really don't feel like it's that much more work than I would time I would be spending taking pictures and videos anyways. I don't think you're off your rocker for the record. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that the thing is we've been able to marry our passions with our work. And people always say, if you can find something to do that you absolutely love, that is such a blessing and that is so unique. You know, I'm at a stage in my life where I'm a retired nurse. I could be completely retired. and you know, But I, my husband always laughs. He says, you are so busy. He goes, but I can see you absolutely love it and you're passionate about it. So if you can marry your passion with what you do, we just consider ourselves really lucky. And, you know, I would have loved, I just am passionate about travel. I'm passionate about using points and miles. And so I would have given room tours if I could have stayed in the fancy places that I get to stay in without even before. So, so it's, 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 it's all really good. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like I, we've all, I've been on trips with all of you and we, when we are on these trips every single time, it's like, I can't believe that this is my job. I can't believe that my job allows me to do this. So and, and that's the thing. We travel more and use more points and we have to earn more points because it's our job and we have to travel more to be able to share content with all of you. And so if I wasn't creating content, I probably wouldn't take as many trips. I'd still would travel a lot, but I probably wouldn't be traveling at the level that I am. But, but I but I need to because this is my job. So we just feel really fortunate that we found jobs that allow us to do this to go on vacations and create content for you and we appreciate you all for letting us do this because it wasn't for you we wouldn't we wouldn't have any of this yeah exactly okay question eight best business credit card offer currently available i mean we all love the inks right we're gonna say i think all of us are gonna say the chase ink cards especially the Ink Cash and the Ink Unlimited, no annual fee, 75,000 Chase Ultimate Rewards points after you spend $6,000 in three months. Those are a no-brainer as far as all three of us are concerned. So I'm going to say Ink Cash and Ink Unlimited are still number one for us. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Now we're both going to have to just always reply yep or yup in our DM so people know who they're talking to. Um, okay, so it's question nine, but it's sort of related. How do I get under 524 while still earning sign-up bonuses? Is getting business cards the only way? I'm going to say yes. Same. Business cards are crucial to our strategies, and we have said it before, and we will say it again. It is easier to get a business card than you think. If you don't already have something that qualifies as a business, you should start something that qualifies as a business. It can be as easy as selling used goods on Facebook Marketplace. If you drive for DoorDash or Uber, I mean, there are so many things that qualify as a business. 
Yeah. And that was my first business. What you just said was selling used good. I used Facebook Marketplace. And I think the thing that's interesting is you hear that, oh, I use Facebook Marketplace as my business. So you're imagining, oh, I have to like write that down somewhere. You don't. You literally just like find a box that goes closest on the application. There's like you you select the closest thing to what your business is. And my business is in my head. Like there's no thing where I'm telling Chase, for example, that, oh, my business is I'm a face. I sell the goods on Facebook Marketplace. I'm just choosing things that sell most like that. And then if I have to talk to somebody on the phone down the road, then I would tell them that. But that's unlikely to happen. Exactly. You know, my husband and I were both over 5 and 24 for a solid year. Um, that's what we did. So we kept opening up business cards. Now, we couldn't open being over 5 and 24. We couldn't open any of the Chase business cards. But there were still a lot of business cards out there that we could open. So I was still earning uh, lots of sign-up bonuses, even though we're, we were over 5 and 24. It was a, a long year. <laughs> I hated not being able to get chase cards. That just kind of hurt my heart a little bit. But we earned a ton of points. And there are tons of different business cards that you can open that aren't offered by chase. And they don't make that, they don't extend that 5 and 24 rule. So now we're both under 5 and 24 and we're ready to roll with some chase cards. All right, question 10. How long does it take for a sign-up bonus to hit your account after meeting the minimum spend? So this is one we get a lot. It depends on the bank, but for most of them, including Chase, you do not, if you hit the minimum spend in your first month, you do not have to wait the full three months until that bonus is going to hit your account. Typically, it'll hit your account within two to three days of the statement closing in which you hit that minimum spend. So say your statement closes on July 1st, those points are probably going to be in your account by July 3rd or 4th. With Amex, you get them as soon as you hit the spend. So you have to wait even less time with Amex. Basically, like the day or two after you hit the spend, you'll get those points in your account. I think City and Capital One are closer to Chase, where you don't get them until your statement closes. But you definitely don't have to wait. With any of the banks, you don't have to wait the entire three months, four months, whatever it is, before you get those points if you hit the spend sooner. I agree. You got it. You did it. Nailed it. All right. Question 11. Do you get nervous that travel hacking will become overly inflated in the future? I personally don't because I have been doing this for eight years. And when I first started, I remember reading on Reddit all the all the naysayers saying, this isn't going to last. The banks are going to crack down on this. It's getting too popular. And that was eight years ago. And I feel like the offers are just getting better and better. So I'm going to say no. I completely agree with you. And I, you like literally stole the words from my mouth because I was going to say the offers keep getting better and better. Like, Ever, like even like in the last year and a half, it's like the literally the offers are kind of unbelievable where it's like, wait, what? I can't believe like this offer is out when we never saw that stuff like four years ago, five years ago. It was like it was like, for example, like the Chase Sapphire Preferred would just have like a standard offer 24-7. And now we're seeing every now and then maybe that offer will go higher. And so like we never know if that's gonna continue to be the the standard. But it's been really exciting for now. 
So I'm with you. I think it's just going just gonna to keep going. And I agree with both of you. All right. Another unanimous answers from the Travel Hacking Moms. All right. Time for our final question. Question number 12. Which cards have you opened so far this year? Alex, do you want to go first? Yes, but you have to wait just a second because I'm pulling up my Travel Freely app. Oh my gosh, I was opening my Travel Freely app too. So I can see the cards. Okay, I've got them pulled up. So start of this year. So, so far we've opened, my husband and I, between the two of us, four cards. So I've opened three cards this year so far and he's opened one. So first card I opened was the American Express Business Platinum card. That was a high minimum fit of $15,000, but I had a good offer and I like knew I could hit the minimum spend because I had taxes coming up. So I timed that one up with paying taxes. And then I also opened a Chase Inc. Business Cash. And then I also opened up an American Express Delta Platinum Business. So you can see like all the cards I've opened this year are business cards because I'm trying to stay under 524. And then my husband opened the Bank of America Alaska Airlines business card. So business cards, right now we're hitting them hard. And I'm not opposed, like we're already built under 524, but in kind of in my mind, if there's an option of getting a personal card or a business card and I can get either one of the offers the same, I'm going to go for the business card so I can just like not have it count towards 524. So, you know, once... Once a great personal card offer comes out for a card that I don't have, I will totally get it. But yeah, we're hitting the business cards hard right now. What about you, Jess? Y'all are going to judge me. Well, maybe Pam won't. I won't judge you. I know you've been going card this year. I've been going crazy, but I'm like on a break right now. Well, you depleted like all of your points, right? So you were like, I got to get more. Okay, I've opened five cards already this year. Just you or between the two? Just me. Just me. I've opened five cards, but my husband's only opened two. So we've opened seven between us, and I'm taking a break right now for like at least a couple of months. We'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. You say that now. I know. That's what I always say. I always say that. So I got the Ink Unlimited and the Ink Cash towards the beginning of the year. I got an Amex business platinum card, and that one was sort of a mistake because I was in Amex pop-up jail, and I just applied for it to see. I was assuming that it wasn't going to go through, and then I got approved. So that one was sort of like a, oops, I'm out of pop-up jail, and now I have to meet this high minimum spend. Um, I also recently applied for the IHG personal premiere card. That put me, so now I'm back at 524 until for a couple of months. So that'll that'll calm me down and slow me down. And then recently I got also got that Bank of America Alaska Airlines business card when it had the increased offer. So four business cards and one personal card. And my husband, he got the Alaska Airlines business card also and then one of the ink cards in February too. So to business for him. So like we said, business cards are crucial to our strategy and we are constantly getting them. All right, Pam, did you beat me? Do you have me beat? Uh, I have you beat. <laughs> Shocker. I'm not surprised in the slightest. I'm the go big or go home girl. 
And actually, because my husband and I were both self-employed, we had a big tax bill that we had to pay. And so because of that, I've opened, between him and I, we've opened up seven already this year. Wait, that's the same as Jess, right? Yeah. I've opened five and he's opened two, so we've opened seven. Oh, then we're tied. Okay. So both my husband and I opened up the Bank of America Alaska business card that when I came home, those two from um, Hawaii, those two are waiting for me. And also I opened up my second or third chasing business cash card. So actually from the beginning of the year, I've opened two chasing business cash cards. One I did with another business I have and one I did just with my name as a sole proprietor. And so I also have opened up the Chase World of Hyatt business credit card. I've opened uh, two American Express business platinum cards. And they've one was in my name and one was in my husband's name. They keep offering that to me with no lifetime language. And so I keep getting it. And I also opened up an American Express business gold card. So I think that's my seven card. So I do have, I did pay my taxes and I have an estimated tax bill, but I do have a little bit more spending I need to do to meet all of those minimum spends. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty crazy opening up cards year so far. And we were all easily able to identify which cards we've opened because we have the Travel Freely app. That is how we keep all of these cards organized and keep track of our 524 status and all that good stuff. So we will put a link in the show notes. If you don't already have that app, you should get it. It is 100% free and our favorite app for travel hacking. Exactly. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We love answering your questions. And if you enjoyed the episode today, it would mean a lot to us if you'd rate and review the Travel Hacking Mom Show. We can't tell you how much we appreciate your support. Thanks so much for listening to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Want to start jet setting even faster? Follow the links in the show notes to learn about everything we discussed in today's episode. And to stay connected and follow along, Follow us on Instagram at Travel Hacking Mom. We can't wait to see where in the world points and miles take you.